We're going to turn to the Word of the Lord now and get our eyes fixed on Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, we're asking you to speak into our hearts and minds that, Lord God, we would not be left unto our own devices and our own thoughts, but that you would fill us and illuminate, Lord God, our hearts and minds to see and recognize your glory, your majesty, and your sovereignty. And so, God, open this word in our hearts and teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in a new series uh, this month, Going Deeper, and today we're going to be uh, talking about enlarging our capacity. And uh, going deeper means that we're going deeper into a relationship with God. We can go deeper theologically, and that's going to give you knowledge and information in your head, but 18 inches deeper in you goes down to your heart, and that's the knowledge you need to have of the Lord Jesus Christ, a heart knowledge, a knowledge that is intimate in relationship with God. So to have a heart relationship and knowledge going deep will always add to your theology and doctrine, that's great, but to only have theology and doctrine without relationship will not lead you into salvation. You need a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden. So we need to come to Him personally and know Him for our salvation. So to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus, what I want to share with you today is that it is going to expand your capacity of knowing Him. It's going to change who you are. And so this is an active expansion of your identity. Romans 8.29 says this, For those whom He foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. We're talking about something that was God's plan before the beginning of the time, before the beginning of the age. It says that God predestined that we were to be conformed to the image of His Son. Now, before we get into deep theological discussion on Calvinism or Arminianism, on predestination... Can we set that aside and just get deep for a minute on the relationship of what God had planned? The whole crux of this thing is this. That God had planned before the beginning of time, He predestined that we would be conformed to the image of His sons. What He's saying is that He wants us to be conformed to an image of His Son, to be a Son of God. Uh, all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. We are sons of God, men and women alike. It's a title. And so what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? Many of us think, well, that means I'm supposed to know what Jesus is thinking. To have the mind of Christ is this, to have the mind of a son of God, to know what your father is doing and thinking. That's what it means to have the mind of Christ, to be obedient as a son to a father, to know father's heart, to know father's desire. And that's what God is conforming us to, the image of his son. We were predestined. It was planned that he would have a people. That's us, a people conformed. Do you know what the word conform means? I will. Thank you. It means conform means to be compressed to be shaped like a potter shapes the clay, to be molded and shaped into what image? His son, the image of his son, to be a faithful son, to look and sound like a son of God. 
And so we're to be shaped like Jesus and conformed into His image. And that was God's plan from the beginning. And if that's His plan, then it, He needs to expand your capacity of knowledge, your capacity of love, your capacity for other people. See, God had to put His Spirit in us to elevate the capacity of our being. In fact, it says this in Isaiah 10. You know this verse. I'll read it to you in the King James. And it shall come to pass in that day, and Jehovah's talking to Israel, and He says this to them, it's going to come to pass in that day that His burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and His yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. How many of you know that verse? Famous favorite Pentecostal verse. Right? The anointing will break every yoke. We say that. And everybody's thinking about breakfast right now, right? And you're thinking about yolks and some toast. What is he saying? He's saying <clears throat> that the enemy of Israel has put on them a yoke, like the yoke of oxen. It's, it's strapped on their back and they're yoked to the bondage of another. And he's saying, but the anointing, I'm going to come and I'm going to break that yoke off of you and it's going to come through my anointing, through the power of my spirit. Now, what's interesting though is that this word anointing is actually not the right Hebrew word. The actual context of this verse is not the anointing. The, it, it means the Holy Spirit, but the actual Hebrew word is fatness. Yeah, Americans love this verse. It says this, the, uh, the yoke shall be destroyed because of their fatness. The fatness of God is going to come. Well, let me help you understand it. This is the best illustration I thought I could have. And the yoke will be broken because of the fat. In other words, what it means is the anointing is going to fill you to such capacity. Whatever has restrained you in the past is going to be broken loose because the presence of God in your life is going to break off anything that binds you. It's an expanding capacity. And that's what you have in you. An expanding capacity of God's love and God's power and God's nature. In us, it's continually expanding. You can't stay the same. And so like the Hulk Right? You don't have to get angry. you got to get happy in Jesus. you just got to get anointed. And is going to outgrow whatever has burdened you in the past. You see, this anointing of God's Spirit poured into you is going to break whatever used to burden you before because there's an expanding capacity of Jesus in you. You're not the same as you were a year ago. That trouble will come and try to yoke you in. But because of the expanding capacity of God, you're busting loose out of this thing. That's what Jesus meant when he said you can't put new wine in old wineskins. Why? Because of the expanding capacity of new wine. New wine is fresh juice. It hasn't fermented yet. So if you uh, want to put your wine in a wineskin, a container. You need a new wineskin that's never been used before. It's pliable. It's malleable. 
And so you put that new wine in the wineskin, and as the expanding capacity of that wine grows, so the wineskin grows and grows and grows to hold the expanding capacity of that wine. Jesus said, and he knew, everybody knew this when he was saying it, you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. Old wineskins are dried out and they're stiff. And so if you put new wine in an old wineskin, as the new wine begins to expand, what happens to that brittle old wineskin? It bursts and breaks and everything's gone. And so you and I have the old wineskin of this flesh of Adam under the power of sin and death. But Jesus came to crush that old wineskin and make a new wineskin. He came and died on the cross so that the blood of Jesus would cleanse you and make you a new vessel, a new creation, so you could take the new wine of God in you. And as He pours into you, guess what happens? You begin to you begin to expand an expanding capacity to be a son of God an expanding capacity of what it means to follow Jesus how many of you have an expanding capacity of the Lord right it's ever growing it's ever nurturing it's ever fulfilling and God is doing that he's breaking the bonds of the old yokes of burden he's breaking the bonds of your old mindsets and your thinking with God all things are possible it's an expansion into your mind and into your heart and into your soul that breaks loose. Paul talks about this in Romans uh, 5. He says this in Romans chapter 5. Let me start at verse 1 before we get there. He says this, Therefore, now that we've been justified, we have peace with the Father. That's a powerful verse. Let me, let me say it again. Now, therefore... See, whenever you start something with a therefore, you're summing up everything you've already said. Romans 1 through 4 tells us that salvation is through no other means but by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, you have salvation. Now, therefore, since you've been justified, and I want to make this point very clear who is the one who justifies you? It's the Father. Jesus is the agent by which we've been justified. He's the one through his blood that was spilt that made the offering to the Father. And the Father accepts the offering and justifies you and I. He declares you and I as sinless because we're covered by the blood of Jesus. We've now been justified and all the owe and all the debt that we had has been paid in full through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so now Father justifies you and I. So Jesus now stands as our high priest and mediator, mediating all the promises of God to us. Many of us have Jesus in the wrong role. We have him as the advocate to the Father in the sense that the Father's just really ticked at everybody. And Jesus is saying, no, Father, don't hurt them. They, I died for them. They've accepted me. And the Father says, if they do it one more time, and I'm done with them. I am so sick of this guy. He's, oh, yeah, oh, no, Father, no, no. My blood spared them. Look at if he's the righteous judge who decreed our justification, 
Do you think he's that old that he forgot? He's the one who justifies. So now Jesus isn't coming to the Father saying, no, don't kill him. Don't, no, don't kill him. Don't throw a lightning bolt at him. Don't, oh, I know that they messed up. No, he's facing us and he is administering all the blessings and promises that were yes in Christ Jesus that God had promised to his people through Israel that are now manifest for you and I. He's praying to us, oh, people of God, trust Father. Oh, people of God, hang in there. Father loves you. Oh, people of God, expand your understanding and knowledge of who he is. We have peace with the Father. Somebody? Okay. Therefore, since you've been justified, we have peace with God. Peace with God. Well, it only lasts as long as I'm a good boy or a good girl. Well, that wouldn't last very long. It's based on the righteousness of Christ, not your performance. So by faith in Jesus Christ, you have peace with God. Now, what happens since we have peace with God and we're made right and we've been given a new wineskin, we're a new creation, He can now pour into us and something radically drastically changes in us now life on earth this miserable planet that is full of sin and death can be redeemed and he goes on to say this in Romans 5 3 not only that you see we had a now therefore now we have a not only that (laughs) therefore since you have been justified you have peace with the father and not only that that that's good enough but not only that he goes on and he says this we can rejoice in our suffering wait wait a minute wait 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 no i've accepted jesus and now that I've accepted Jesus, he's going to fill my bank account because he gives me money. I've seen it on TV. If I, he'll give me money. He'll give me all the money I need. He'll give me the car, the house. What is this suffering you talk about? No. I have Jesus. Life is good. Life is easy. Life is breezy. No. What Jesus has given us is peace with the Father now. Whatever you suffer in this planet, because we are still on this planet. Jesus didn't pray to take us out. He said, Father, I don't pray to take them out of the world, but I have overcome the world, and may they be a light to this world. So he says, now, whatever you're suffering, he redeems it, knowing that suffering produces endurance or patience, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope will not disappoint us or put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. There's the new wine. Because of the blood of Jesus, you're a new wineskin, and the love of God is poured into you. And when that new wine is poured into your heart, it has an expanding capacity. And so now, whatever situation you're in, the expanding capacity of God's love is going to transform whatever you suffer, whatever trial you have, into something that will expand into something greater. That's what he means by whatever you're suffering, the suffering will produce. Say produce. Produce. 
that is the expanding element, the expanding capacity. So now you're going into some kind of suffering, some kind of yoke put on you, but because of the love of God put into your heart, poured into you, it is going to have an expanding capacity to produce endurance. How many of you know them? the longer you live with Jesus, the more you understand his word, the deeper you go in relationship, you can endure greater issues. How many of you know that? <coughs> your faith increases. Your endurance increases. You can go through many more things. And it's an expanding capacity. Now your patience or your endurance continues to grow. And because of the love of God poured into your heart, it expands now beyond just endurance into developing character. Now, believe it or not, the more mature and the wiser as this expansion goes, you should have a better character. Shouldn't we? Because aren't we growing into the full stature of Jesus Christ? We're going back to our original verse. Aren't we being conformed into the image of Jesus? We're growing up into his full stature. We're growing up to look like him, talk like him, act like him, and be like him. Why? Because there's the expanding capacity of the imperishable seed that he put in us. That is expanding my psyche, my emotions, my mind, my thoughts, everything within me. It's always expanding. Now I can endure whatever I'm suffering. Now it builds character, more godly character, which expands into the power of hope. And I will not be disappointed with the hope of God in me. Wow, Christians should be some pretty awesome people. We should all be looking and sounding like Jesus. Because of that expanding capacity of what he's poured into us. You have to work against the Holy Spirit to stop his work. He'll work on you full time, 24-7. While you're sleeping, he's expanding the capacity of his nature in you. You literally have to work against it to stop it. And that grieves him. But Christians, we should be growing and growing and growing. So instead of avoiding suffering... Well, I'm not going to tell you to run to it. It'll find you. Right? But how many of you know because of the expanding capacity of God in you, you're not the same? How many of you remember when you used to get stressed about certain things 10 years ago? But something's happened in you. You're not the same person anymore because of the expanding capacity of God's love that He poured into your heart. You don't think the same anymore. The same fears, the same anxieties, you've been through them and it developed endurance and you can put up with it. And that endurance shaped character and you can trust God for all things. And it gives you hope to know, I'm getting through this thing. He got me through before, He'll get me through again. And that's what happens to the maturity of the saints. You trust God in a greater way. That's deep calling to deep. That's the expanding capacity of a deep relationship with God. I know people who have a deep relationship with God, a deep understanding of His nature and His character. And what has happened is it's developed the redemptive, the redemptive power. So they're not exempt from problems. They're not exempt from pain and suffering. But they know how to walk through it with endurance and character and hope. I'm going to make it through. You're going to make it through. Amen? You know, the strongest Christians are those who are persecuted. Why? 
Why? I've been around the world with persecuted churches, persecuted Christians. I've met them in Russia, in China, in Pakistan, in Palestine. I've met them. I've been with them in prayer meetings. I've seen them. I've seen those who have been tortured. They've shown me their scars, their whipped backs, their cut hands. I've heard the stories of those who have been persecuted. And they're in trials and they're in struggles and they're in suffering. But you know what? Their endurance, their ability to have patience with God, their, their character, they trust God. Their character is true blue. And they have a hope. No matter what's coming, no matter who dies, no matter how I starve, I know my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful, and He will see me through. That's an expanding capacity to deal with this life. And that's what God has put in all of us. And that's the deep maturity of a saint of God. Listen to this. This is what James says. James 1 2 and 3. Consider it or count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. Sounds like these guys have been reading the same book. Oh, wait a minute. They wrote the same book. I think James was talking to Paul, right? Maybe Paul was talking to James. Or maybe it was the Holy Spirit talking to Paul and James. He says, consider or count it all joy. This version says great joy. Other versions say pure joy. Count it pure joy. Now, you know what pure is? The pure joy would not have any sorrow in it. Am I right? Am I right? It's not diluted by some tears. It's not diluted by some floaters. It's pure. It's been screened. Through the blood of Jesus, it's pure joy. He said, you count it, you consider it. This is pure joy. When you enter into various trials, why would I think and why would I be joyful? Because another wave is going to hit me. Because knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance or patience. It's just what Paul said. Rejoice in your suffering because suffering produces enduring, endurance right? And so we can stay faithful. So here's the thing, is that they're telling us there's an expanding capacity. Another word for expanding capacity is maturing. There's a maturing in us. It continues to invade us, and it expands in us a capacity to pass the test of faith that produces endurance. Why? Because endurance must have its complete work or perfect work. It has a work that will be completed so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Nothing. When will we be lacking nothing? When we go through trials. That's when you get the upgrades. That's when you begin to really understand the expanded capacity of what you have in you. You know what? When things are good and when things are great and when we're hallelujah, everything's good, you don't even know the faith you have because it hasn't been tested. hasn't been challenged. You don't know how strong you are until you've got to lift something up. Right? Anybody over 50 knows that. We stopped lifting things up. I start buying loafers. I ain't bending over to tie my shoes anymore. (laughs) 
waste of my time getting out of breath like that, expand the capacity of my lungs. These trials, man, these trials come with an upgrade in them, with an expanding capacity. And that's what Paul is talking about. That's what James is talking about. Now, how am I going to enlarge my capacity to love people? You've got to put me in a place where my love is going to be challenged. <laughs> you got to put me in with some people that challenge my love. In fact, I, 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 the reason I'm using this enlarging your capacity is because it was a prophetic word given to me by the Lord. A couple years ago, I went through a very, very trying experience where I was deeply wounded and deeply hurt. And I asked that deep theological question, why? Did I have to go through this? Is there a point to this? I've just been roadkill, obliterated emotionally all over the road. Is there a reason for this? And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, to expand your capacity to love. Wow. I don't feel like loving right now. Love is the last thing I was thinking about. There were other things that came out much more freely. And I began to meditate on that and consider the expanding capacity to love. I can't love like Jesus loves. To love like God loves, I don't know that kind of love. And he put me in a situation where it challenged my knowledge of love. And what I realized is my love was about that deep for this person. And it needed to be expanded beyond their faults and their traits, beyond what they had done and what they had felt. And I had to have God's love for them in this situation. And so because of the trial, there was an expansion of the capacity to love others. How are you going to learn to, to have faith unless you're put in a place where you're going to need to expand the trust in God to where you can't figure your way out of this thing. So the only thing you've got left is to trust Him. See, you've got to expand your capacity of faith. You know what it's like to pray for patience. He's going to expand your capacity for endurance. Right? And so what happens is he's shaping you into the image of a son. He's, he's conforming you. It's been his plan for you your whole life and for all time. He's been planning to shape you to look like Jesus, to, to act like a son of God and to walk as a son of God. How are you going to have the expansion of joy unless you understand sorrow? How are you going to understand how to persevere unless you know how to go through a trial? Because you've been through a trial before, and that trial has brought endurance and patience, which has expanded into character that is true through the thing, that a character has expanded into hope. And now you have a hope that you can offer this world, who are, this world is being crushed under the weight of sin and death. And they're looking for a people who have an answer. And instead of walking by and, and 
cursing at them and saying, nah, 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 we're better than you. They, you begin to reach out and say there's an expanding capacity of love that I know what it's like to go through what you've been through. I know what it was like to be an addict. I know what, all, what it was like to struggle in a broken marriage. I know what it was like to have a bad family that you grew up in. But there was a capacity of love poured in me that now I have hope that I can give to you. You see, with the expanding capacity of God in you, then God in you becomes the expanding capacity to reach the lost. You become, the church is the leaven which will leaven the whole earth. That tiny mustard seed Jesus talked about that will expand the capacity of love in this planet. How many of you know that America needs a new understanding of what love is? Because the church has failed. Because we've been trying to expand our pocketbooks and our own treasures and our own consumerism. That's not the gospel. And God is going to put His church through a time of trial and struggle because He wants to refine us so that we will come out with an enlarged capacity like the Hulk and bust off this consumerism and the spirit of this age and break forth as sons of God. Do you happen to know that all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God? Do you know what the word manifestation means? Demonstration. Demonstration. Not talking about it. Not reading about it. A demonstration of what it is to be a son of God. So no matter what trial I go through, I'm going to go through that trial with a joy set before me. It's Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus had the joy set before him, he endured his trial. He endured his suffering. He endured all things and learned obedience to his father because of what he went through and it built character, right? That's what he's doing in us and it builds a hope. And so I thank God for that. So within every situation, every trial, there's built in it an upgrade of an expansion. Right? How many of you know that when you download something on the internet, right, and the file's too big, they put it in a zip drive? Anybody know that? Three of you do. Okay. So if you're working on your, on your computer and, and there's a file that's just got too much information, you can download it when they put it in a zip file and they compress it. Every trial you go through has a compressed zip file of an upgrade in Jesus Christ. So what happens is, if you don't unzip that file, you're not going to know it. You're going to go through this trial begging and pleading. But if you would have that deep calling to deep, that's what we're talking about, deeper relationship, and you begin to unzip that file, right? You open that file. You extract everything in that zip file. You ever done this and and you hit extract all? I don't want to extract some. I want to extract all of it. You hit extract all and what happens in that file? All of a sudden, all the JPEGs, all the MPEGs, all the text files, everything you need is all there. All the fonts, everything you need, it's all there. Everything you need to get the job done was compressed into that little file. Any trial you're going through, any trouble that is coming against you, in a zip file downloaded because the Holy Spirit's been poured in you, is the capacity to expand and develop your character and endurance and your patience and your hope to elevate into another level through this thing. 
you're not the same as you were before. It's because God has changed things. Now you have a hope, and that hope will not disappoint us because God has poured into us. So we pray hard, and we trust God. And no matter what the answer is that comes, I have hope that my God has done the right thing, and my God, I can trust that he's going to get me through it because in every situation, he's given me hope. That's our God, and that's our expanding capacity. There was a problem when Jesus was speaking crowd of probably up to 10,000 people were there. They counted 5,000 men. Didn't count the women and children. So you got 5,000 people there and they had a little bit of a problem. It was getting late and there was no place near them to get some food. We got a trial here. We got a problem. And Jesus is, is ready to expand the capacity of the disciples' understanding of who he is. I love that. And so they're looking at Jesus, and quite often they would look at Jesus and go, man, you don't know what you're doing. How many of you have said, said that to God? Come on, be honest. From your perspective, you know what? We're looking through a straw. You don't know what you're doing. And he said, well, count up the fish and loaves. Right. All right, I got this brown bag. We got three fish, two loaves. or I, I always forget. Five loaves, three fish. Some number like that. Right? So he says, all right, have them consider this. He says, now have them separate into groups of 50 and 100. Do you know how much time it would take 5,000 people to now separate and divide up into 50? This thing wasn't just boom, miracle. Can you imagine the disciples? What are we supposed to do? You see that crowd of 5,000? We're going to organize them. What are we going to do with them? We're going to have them sit in little groups of 50 and 100. Why? We've got five loaves and two fishes. <laughs> are you nuts? And so Jesus says, you feed them. Now he's about to expand their capacity of who he is. He did it again when, when they were afraid in the boat. They didn't know what to do. He comes walking on the water. Another time, they were scared to death. He's sleeping in the boat. They say, Jesus, we're all going to die. We're going to die. What are you going to do? He expands their capacity of understanding of who he is when he talks to the wind and the waves, and it listens. So how many trials did it take the disciples to go through before the expansion of the capacity of them to trust Jesus? It took, it took Peter, James, and John to see him transcended. It took them to see the nail scars and the prints in his hands. Thomas said, mm -mm, ain't buying it. <laughs> Jesus did that even for Thomas. Waited a whole week before he spoke to him. So God is doing that for us. To expand our capacity of understanding. And he will do it. And you'll have to go through trials and you'll have to go through difficulties. But in it all, Jesus will expand your capacity to love and to care for others. There's an upgrade in everything you're going through. 
you need to begin to recognize the expanding capacity of what God's bringing you through. Let's bow our heads this morning. Jesus, we need you. We love you. And we're a people, Lord God, who get knocked down and you tell us to stand. Having done all, you stand. Don't give ground to the enemy. You stand. Many of us have weak knees. Many of us are struggling. Many of us have been through trials, Lord God, that are, that are causing us to waver. But there's a capacity in us to stand. And having done all, through it all, you want us to stand. You want us to endure. You want us, O oh God, to have character through it and represent. And you want us to never give up hope. I pray this morning for your people, for all of us together, that we would have a hope that will not disappoint, that will not be put to shame, a hope in you, Jesus. You, Lord God, will bring the victory. You, Lord Jesus, have the results we need. We will trust you, we will walk in you, and we will rest in you. And so, Father, I pray right now, you'll minister your grace to your people. In Jesus' name. Amen.